Yeah, I think, you know, the city alone can't solve that, but I think um, talking about it and bringing it to people's attention, we can work together to solve, keep our kids here. Mark Flora, running for a three-year seat. The agenda item before the council to give the manager more latitude in hiring and retaining employees was brought forward by me. Having a business background and served on the city council has been a real Jekyll and Hyde experience. Uh, in business, you can make decisions quickly. You're nimble. They may not be good decisions, but they happen quick. You suffer the consequences. It's either a good decision or a bad decision. You course correct or you celebrate the, the, the good move. Municipalities don't work like that. It's, it's a municipal um, environment. You have a city management structure. You have a deliberative body of seven people plus a mayor. Things don't move quickly. In this environment where labor is very scarce, I thought it prudent that the manager have the latitude to hire new people uh, quickly. Um, that got deferred. It'll come up, I think, at the next meeting. Another thing we need to do is we need to grow our own. We need apprenticeship programs. We need to get folks into the jobs at the municipality when they're young, keep our young people at home, and give them the opportunity to be vested in their careers. They're more likely to hang out. Everybody wants to make a good living, but a successful career or somebody who's happy in the workplace, it's always more than about just the money. So what can we do to cultivate a good work environment and give our young people the skills to succeed on an ever upward trajectory through whatever department they find themselves in? And in the end, uh, it, it, like in the beginning, it comes down to people and money. We have to find a way to fund it. Thank you. I think that this issue is not about benefits, it's about pay. And it's about the ability to move up. Some people have been working at the city and they're happy in their jobs, but some people have wanted to move up and that succession planning was not in place. And when they saw opportunities elsewhere, they moved. Um, the cost of living has gone up dramatically and if you're going to pay like it's 1990, you are going to lose people. We do have to have more benefits for our city employees, and that can be done in a variety of ways, giving the city manager more leeway to um, adjust pay within bands would be a great quality. And, of course, growing our own talent would be lovely too, but also attracting talent from elsewhere. We tried to do good recruiting campaigns. I think those could be more robust. But also just revitalizing what it is to work in the city. We lost a lot of old guard, and it can be a good time to make this a new dynamic workplace and really help people love working for the city or rediscover their love for working for the city. The trash is a separate issue, right? But also, I know that a lot of people are hurting for CDLs here in the city, and that's about qualifications, being able to obtain them. A minute and 30 seconds, beginning with Lillette. Speaking of tight budgets, the City Council voted in 2022 to hold tax rates steady. What ideas do you have to alleviate the budget stressors as it pertains to the tax rate? Would you raise taxes, cut budgets? Please elaborate. 
so, well, at Kistler, um, that's pertaining to the property tax. Um, I was actually the only one who voted on that. It was in the budget that we were going to pass that property tax increase. Um, so uh, I, I do like the idea of sales tax because when you purchase something, it is your choice to purchase that thing. Uh, especially for a retired person in town, if you raise their property taxes, you know, it makes a big difference to them, but, you know, you can maybe um, be more economical with what you're purchasing uh, for sales tax. I, um, I mean, we did increase the sales tax on the seasonal basis. I am in favor of increasing the caps. Um, I think it makes the most sense. Right now, the people that are um, needy at lower incomes are paying 100% tax on everything they purchase when they are the least likely to be able to afford those taxes. I think people at the upper ends can afford to pay some more taxes and not have it all be on the lower income people. The renter cap, I think, is upside down. You should be having the break at the bottom of the rent, not the top. It's the people at the bottom that need a break. People that are paying less than $1,000 in rent are paying 100% of the sales tax. Uh, Kevin Kristovich, um, I'm not a big fan of taxes being raised. Um, the sales tax issue, um, I don't have an answer for it right now or a solution. idea is uh, uh, a rental cap, like Lillette just said. Um, there's people that have been financially squeezed out of their residences because of increased rent. Uh, you have people on fixed income, Social Security, um, can't afford to pay more rent, so they're basically out of a place to live. Uh, one lady in town mentioned this to me and she said I spent my whole life raising my kids to get away with them get away from them and now I'm moving back in with them because she can't afford to go anywhere else and that's pretty sad um, so we need to find a solution to this um, if we can if the city could impose a, a tax a cap where people can afford to live in Ketchikan and feel good about living here instead of um, always having a bad taste in their mouth about taxes, taxes being increased. I mean, nobody wants it. Nobody likes it. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a big fan of raising taxes. Thank you. Dion Booth, uh, running for a three-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council. Um, so I was actually at that meeting. I was the only person to stand up and talk about the property tax raise. I, uh, I begged the council not to do it. They still discussed it for quite a while, but um, they didn't do it, thankfully. I, I don't think that we should ever raise property tax. I, I've never, ever heard of taxes going down once they've gone up, even in a surplus. I, I've never heard of that. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but uh, that you know that's just going to go right to the landlords who aren't going to feel in their pocket because they're going to push the rent right up, and that's going to 
make the housing problem that we are already facing much worse. Uh, we need to get uh, creative with revenue. Um, I, you know, some people who are based their life off of tourism and, and the downtown aren't going to like this, but uh, we need to try to get as much money as possible for not from non-locals. Uh, the way a municipality like the city of Ketchikan gets their money is service fees, finance charges, and assets. Um, if we can together, seven heads on the council, talk about how we can focus these service fees, fines, charges, and assets in the downtown area, I think we can pull a lot of more money out from people who aren't here year-round, who are just here for a couple months using the best of the best of what we have in Ketchikan in the summertime. Thank you. I think Dion hit it, hit it on the head. Um, I, I feel like property tax increases should be a measure of last resort if after all of our other avenues have been exhausted. Um, because like you said, they get passed on to the renters who can least afford it. They get passed on to homeowners who might be skating on thin ice to making their mortgage payments each month. Um, and, you know, like Lillette said, I favor the, the rental the rental tax is messed up. Like I, I pay $900 a month in rent and, and another uh, 6% on top of that. And, um, it's backwards. I mean, that's, that's in sales tax in general is incredibly regressive and that's like hitting people right in the wallet. So I would favor an immediate repeal of the caps on, I mean, sales tax caps in general. I've never really understood the rationale for, for the caps in the first place. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think creative problem solving, again, is the solution. Capturing more revenue from cruise lines is a solution um, from the industry in general. And we should just, uh, to the extent we can, try to keep the burden off of us when we have a little bit of a cash cow bringing outside dollars in um, six months out of the year. I'm running for a three-year seat. In the six years that I've been serving on the city council, I've served with a variety of different people, and I can say there hasn't been any time where anybody wanted to raise a tax or a fee. Nobody's excited about it. Everybody understands the impacts to our, to our households. And I think, for the most part, historically, the Ketchikan City Council has done a pretty good job. There's been no property tax increase for 10 years. There has been a recent sales tax increase, first one, 10 years, and it averages out to a quarter of 1%. So while not pleasant, as a measure of last resort, sometimes that's where you have to go. So how do we avoid that? Well, first you look at budget cuts. You should always look, where can you save money first? But I believe that the city's budget is actually pretty lean. For all of the cuts we made last year to the general government budget to maintain services and personnel, we cut a little less than 1% of the total general government budget. That's not, that's not the solution. So always look for cuts first. Always apply taxes last. And in the interim, leverage what you have for opportunities. Let's get more money from visitors so we can have less burden on locals. Let's lobby at the state and federal levels for as much of that infrastructure money as we can get. And I heard at Southeast Conference and the homeless assessment 
you know, right now the, the, the grant environment appears to be the most attractive it's been in quite some time, and we should aggressively pursue grants. Thank you. Here's the question. I think that everybody would like to do creative funding first and taxes last. I think that's a pretty unanimous decision. I feel like taxes could be season, the caps could go up. It could be seasonally varied. Uh, exceptions could be made for construction and lower sides of rent. There are a lot of creative decisions. I think that also that would have to be collaborated with not only on the council, but with our financial staff and looking at the actual numbers that are actually there and trying to see what kinds of adjustments, what kind of revenue that would really result in. Um, I really like the idea of getting some of those infrastructure grants and putting in for it because some of those are not just about roads and bridges. They're about training. They're about growing our different forms of revenue, especially as it pertains to jobs and uh, <laughs> revenue creation. Thank you. Jack again, running for one-year seat on the Kitchener City Council. Uh, a lot of this territory has been covered uh, by the other uh, candidates here at the table, and I think Mark has spoken pretty eloquently to the fact that uh, <laughs> there's very little room to cut in the budget. I don't think there's really an appetite uh, or, or any room for a cut to the city's budget right now, so it comes down to generating new or additional revenue. We've talked, uh, a few folks have made mention of, of some, you know, either shifting or eliminating the, the, the cap on the sales tax. That's something that should be um, examined. Uh, I think it was, maybe it was Chris mentioned earlier, the possibility of a, a tax on the, the buses, the coaches that come through town during the cruise ship season uh, might be a possible stream of revenue. Outside sources, state state grants, federal grants, I think, should be pursued. And I know that's a, a time-consuming endeavor, uh, but uh, if, if those resources are available, we should be looking for them. Uh, I also wonder, too, about uh, whether there might be any room to generate additional revenue with um, a lot of the short-term rentals that we have in town, VRBOs, Airbnbs. Um, those, I think, probably generate most of their revenue during the peak of the season. We talk about earning uh, a little bit more money from the folks who are visiting here every year. That might be one of those places where we can do that. Thank you. Okay, for one minute and 30 seconds, beginning with Dion. Recently, the city, through grant funding, was able to construct a 24-7 homeless shelter on Park Avenue. How do you plan to address the issue of continued needs for homeless services in the city of Ketchikan. Actually, I think beginning with Kevin, I might have messed it up. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Kevin Christovich. Uh, the homeless issue is a growing concern in Ketchikan. Um, there is a much-needed uh, newer facility to um, handle the number of people that use these services and um, so does the city have a piece of property to 
contribute to this project if there's funding for a new uh, facility for the homeless is a question I have. Um, if so, it would be nice to have an in-kind donation of a piece of property if the uh, PATH organization have the funding to construct the facility. I think that would be a good, good uh, scenario. Thank you. I'm sorry, Brittany. Could you repeat that, please? Well, um, I had Dion Booth uh, for a three-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council. Um, I had the privilege the other night to go to a nonprofit forum with everyone at this table with me, and um, that was a good time. And I think the first thing we would do is continue their funding. We need to prioritize, you know, obviously the hope would be to give all the nonprofits the money they ask for in their application. But um, as far as the homeless issue goes, I think we can all agree that it is a little more prevalent than some having fun in the wintertime. Um, so if we can continue funding through grants uh, pass and uh, the all the different nonprofits that uh, pick up the slack that we as a municipality cannot, um, I think that would be a big step is just keep giving them what they're asking for. Thank you. Chris Cummings, um, I'm going to talk pretty fast because I've got a lot to say. I did a lot of work trying to prepare for the questions like this. Um, honestly, uh, the answers are right here. Uh, West sponsored a homeless, uh, homelessness assessment a couple of years, no, um, yeah, two years ago. And um, when I came across this document, it was really, really, really eye-opening. Um, most people who have been homeless are longtime Ketchikan residents. They've been here on average over 21, 20 years. They, um, 48 percent of them are native. Um, so I think that speaks to the generational trauma that we're still trying to address. Um, most of the, it's a chronic problem. Most people who are living on the streets have been homeless without a home for more than three years. Um, and I think, uh, I think it's important to mention, uh, mention one of the leading causes of homelessness is trying to flee domestic violence. Um, and so supporting that, continuing to support the efforts of WISH. And like the one fact that really just blew my mind that I, I wouldn't have known, realized ever was that 56% of the people they surveyed went through foster care. And so if you want to know a major source of this problem, it's that we're taking the most vulnerable vulnerable kids out of their, an already dangerous situation. And I, I mean, I'm not trying, I don't want to like denigrate the work that foster parents do, but there's clearly some gaps in the program. And I, I think a lot of it is after, after care stuff or wraparound stuff. I tried. <laughs> it's okay. Mark Laura, I'm running for a three-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council. These types of issues in our town are handled by the nonprofits, and the City Council's support is through grants. Uh, there's a formula for that. It's 3.24% of the uh, city sales tax revenue is the grant budget. That was about $315,000 last year. That's not a lot of money. That's just not a lot of money. So um, what can we do? 
Well, maybe. And, and as you can see, all these topics kind of are a connection of dots. Well, maybe we can reach out to our cruise line partners. Start small with them and, and start to build this relationship and go, you know, $315,000 isn't that much money. You want to match it? You just managed to double the, the grant budget. Can it happen? I don't know. Is it a question worth asking? I believe it is. Um, I think the single biggest step we can take is to take another run at granting the uh, old hospital lot at the end of Park Avenue there on bottom for the past shelter. We tried, quite frankly. I believe the city council did not help this along because we ended up removing that lot named specifically as the asset for the grant application. Um, and I believe that did not, I, I believe that might have been a contributor to that grant not actually um, happening. So if we can help Pat get that piece of property and a grant uh, to construct a new building, I think that would go a long way in this community to addressing the homeless problem. Thank you. I am a great supporter of the nonprofits, and I think that it is, as a municipality, part of our responsibility to help those support networks. I think that suggesting land and maybe, as Mr. Christovich said, looking at being able to match or deed land for them to take some of the funding that they're given by us to have federal and state grants to augment that can be really impactful. I think that we have to focus on our community safety nets as far as our funding. I think that homelessness, as Chris pointed out, is a multi-layered problem. And a lot of it is, I think that the foster care system, that that doesn't point necessarily to bad foster care. It points to when you get out of foster care, if you don't have a family, if your family is not functional, you don't have a support network. And so I think that that dovetails into better jobs and growing our community so that when people do become adults, they can become adults who get jobs, get houses, are productive. I think that that is the purpose of augmenting the nonprofits with municipal funds and whatever capacity we can do that. Jack Hannigan running for one-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council. Uh, these are uh, issues around homelessness are incredibly complex, and they're not limited to any one source to any one simple reason. And uh, Mark addressed the fact that uh, as, a, as a governing body, the city council is pretty limited in what we can do directly for these individuals. The folks who are working with those individuals, the staff and the volunteers for the nonprofits that are working with them directly, uh, I think deserve as much of our encouragement and support as possible, um, both in person and financially through the grant process. Um, we met, we, the candidates table met with uh, the, some of the students in the government classes at Ketchikan High School last night, and these kids are incredibly clear-eyed about the fact that this is not a problem that's going to be solved, it's not going to go away, we need to do the best we can to support these people who are either down on their luck for a brief period of time or for an extended period of time, uh, but I think building good coalition between the nonprofits that are uh, addressing these individuals' needs is, uh, is, a, good, is a good step. And I think looking at other like-sized cities to see solutions that they have found that we might be able to apply here in Ketchikan might be a way for us to look a little bit beyond our immediate um, 
borders for other possible solutions to mitigate some of the struggles that are brought on by these vulnerable members of our community. All right, Kessler. I am 100% in favor of uh, helping PATH get a building. Um, I think that's going to be a big help. Um, what's proposed, what a lot of people don't know is there are two different homeless shelters. One's clean and sober, that's the PATH, and the other one is we take everyone. I mean, everyone needs to have a dry place to sleep. Um, that's the one that just got the new building that, um, one that takes all. Um, PATH is currently in something that was built in the 30s and is partially condemned. It's very depressing, and Tyrecki is a hero for what he's doing there. It is amazing his um, uh, devotion to this cause. Um, what the new facility would be would be uh, would have some social services also connected to it, so the people would have help to get out of where they are, and some transitional housing so they can get used to living on their own. When you live in a family environment, which a homeless shelter is, going out on your own can be really scary. So that transitional housing, I think, is very important to get people back in a job and be productive members of society. I also think a detox center would help a lot. There's a lot of homeless that are not counted because they're floating on people's couches because they are addicted and um, they can't see life in a normal way. So. For a minute and 30 seconds, we invite you to have a closing statement which clearly illustrates your goals as a candidate and what makes you different from other candidates beginning with Dion. Uh, Dion Booth uh, for a senior seat on the Ketchikan City Council. Um, so I really started paying attention and getting involved, and uh, the, the very first time I thought about running was uh, two years ago on September 23rd. It was uh, in the middle of the port issue and talking about maybe managing or leasing out the management for it. Um, four of the council members voted to go into an executive session when further discussing the leasing of the management of our ports. Uh, if I'm elected, I don't know who would vote for the um, executive session, but I would not. I would. I would be fully supportive of full transparency. I don't think there is ever a time that the public should not be part of the process. Um, if we're discussing something that is going to affect 13,000 people for five years or 30 years, I think that the public should be right there. They should be recorded, um, and anyone should have access to that to see which council members voted what and um, if that's something that they could support or agree on. Um, so, if you're for full transparency and uh, letting the, the person who speaks and felt and feels not heard, then uh, I'm your guy on October 4th. Thank you. All right. Hey, Chris Cummings here. I am running because to try and bring something different, like I said in the beginning. Um, I, you know, I've heard people say uh, years, I wish I had somebody different to vote for. And I think, like, I'm the epitome of different. I'm not the kind of person who usually does this kind of thing. And, um, but, you know, I think I'm like a, a diamond in the rough. Um, underneath it all, like, I've got a lot to offer. I, 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 um, 
after school, like I had a mental breakdown. I struggled for years, over a decade, trying to get my life back together. You know, tried to self-medicate with opiates, and that was not a great decision. Didn't work out very well. But um, four years ago, after lots of trying, I finally got connected with the resources I need and um, got clean and sober. I was able to address my mental health care. And so just trying to get priorities really quick. Obviously, um, additional, uh, uh, these kind of issues are important to me. So trying a car house has 15 beds. Trying to bring additional treatment beds here to town is one priority. Another priority is uh, a mental health treatment center. And when people are in crisis, they go in the hospital, suicide, or whatever. We can only help them for a couple of days before they get shipped out hundreds or thousands of miles away from family. Like I had this happen in my own family, and we, we don't, it doesn't have to be that way. We can support our people. We can take care of those of us who are hurting most, and that's economic development, too. We're not only creating jobs in a facility like that, but once these people, once these people get better, they, they, they get jobs, too. Oh. <laughs> Mark Flora running for a three-year seat. One of the hardest parts, one of the hardest parts of serving, is community forums. And here's why: I don't think for most people it's a natural state to say, "I'm better than these other folks." So I'm your guy. Uh, I don't think I'm better than anybody here. I have never thought that I am indispensable or irreplaceable. What do I have to offer the community? I'm objective. I'm analytical. I study the topics, and I do the work. I play no favorites. I have no agendas, and I'm not afraid to make decisions that are not popular. In the end, after input from the community, and staff and other city council and my own research, I believe it's the best direction to go. I have had the opportunity along with other council people and staff to be an agent of change for six years. Council people are not, are not solely responsible for the outcomes of, of anything, but in the time that I've served on the council, WISH has a new facility, the community has a new Tower One fire truck, we have a new subsea fiber optic cable. We've raised the port fees. We've hired a new city manager. We now have a new location for the 24-hour low barrier shelter. Change is ongoing. People come and go from the council, but it's never static. There's always going to be change. There's always going to be progress. And yes, we all hope that the progress would be greater and faster. But six years has taught me the fundamentals of how to function and serve in the public capacity, and I would appreciate your support uh, one more time. Thank you. Jamie King, I'm running for a three-year seat. This is the first time I'm running. I want to be on the city council because I see that it is a hard, sometimes combative job, and I feel like I can be... <laughs> a good bridge and a good team builder. I think that you need a lot of varied opinions, but you need those opinions to coalesce. I think that you need to listen to the experts that we've hired and the staff that we have 
both inside the city of Ketchikan as employees and as the public in general. I don't think that I'm always the smartest person in the room, and I don't think that any idea that I have has to be the most precious and has to win at the cost of everything else. I think that the solutions are out there. I think that we can turn over rocks and find solutions and find money, and I think that every council member should be willing to do that with a fair mind and an open heart. And I think that we have a lot of that, and I would like to serve on the board to prove that I am one of those as well. Jackson, I'm running for a one-year seat on the Ketchikan City Council. I have uh, count myself as enormously fortunate to have been in to have been able to engage with numerous aspects of this community, which is where I own a home, building a family, building a business. When I first came here 10 years ago, it was cruise ship tourism that brought me to Ketchikan, and that's been one of the major sources of employment for me since then. I became heavily involved and remain heavily involved with the arts community here in Ketchikan, which is a huge part of our character, a big part of the culture that makes this place such an appealing place to live. I've been involved. I've either worked with or for numerous nonprofits here in town. I've worked in our education system. And I, I think because uh, I've had this opportunity to explore, work in, and work with people in these many different aspects of what makes Ketchikan such a rich and bountiful place to live, it will serve me very well in uh, service in a seat on the city council should I be elected. I bring to the table that set of critical thinking skills, which I mentioned in my opening statement, uh, a real sense of empathy for our, the most vulnerable members of our community and a willingness to listen, uh, even when the person I'm listening to might have beliefs that run counter to my own. I think it's critically important that we find common ground, which is if you see my name on, on signs or bumper stickers around town, that you'll see that's the slogan of my campaign, finding common ground. I'm always looking for a way to connect to the person that I'm working with or speaking with. And I thank you for your support. Well, I Kessler. Um, I do not envy you that are running for the one-year seat. Whew, man, um, you know, 10 months in, I, I, I'm just feeling like I kind of know what I'm doing, and um, having to go and run again after a year is, uh, is <laughs> exhausting. Um, but I, I, I really want to do it. I, Mark asked me um, a, several months back, are you going to run again? I'm going <laughs> to... Uh, I'm full in now. I, I, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to waste knowledge. I've learned a lot in the last year. Um, I think I'm becoming a productive member of the city council. I don't want to lose that. I stayed at State Farm for 29 years because I had a lot of knowledge and I didn't want to waste it. Um, I have a diverse background in Ketchikan. I've been here for 40 years. And uh, I was at I did grocery tatsudas for seven and a half years. Um, I was in the meat department where the rock slide happened. Um, I started the deli up there. I um, was in insurance and finance. I sold mortgages. I sold retirement packages. Um, I've been self-employed for 35 years. I had a construction business. I teach um, voice and piano lessons. I do bookkeeping. I'm in the arts. I forgot all about that. <laughs> um, I direct the chorus. I, I'm involved with a daycare. Um, anyway, I have a lot of I, I, a lot of knowledge about Ketchikan, different people, and I think that's helpful. Kevin Kostovich, seat, and a three-year seat. Um, 
this is not going to be an easy job for myself or anybody that is running. Um, you're going to be popular with some. You're not going to be so popular with others. But it's just there's decisions that you have to really look at, weigh it, and make your final decision. And hopefully you're doing the right thing. Um, to some you will, to some you won't. You just have to take the good with the bad, and hopefully you end up with more good than bad. Um, there's a lot of serious issues in Ketchikan that we need to address immediately. We need to find solutions to overcome the homeless issue, the, the housing crisis, um, the opioid issue that we're dealing with. Um, those are three major things that are on the top of my list. And try to get things done at no cost to the citizens of Ketchikan by raising taxes. Um, I'm like Mr. Booth said. I'm very transparent. I'm easy to get a hold of. If you got a question, stop. I'll take the time to listen to you. I'll talk to you and find if we can find a solution to your problem. But thank you for your time, and I hope to see you guys at the poll on October 4th. Thank you. Once again, I'm. <laughs> <laughs> And that concludes our forum. Thank you all for attending.